0: Welcome back to Bodies in the Bayou's. I'm Morgan. And I'm Gretchen. This is season three, Back to the Killing Fields. This season, we are revisiting the Texas Killing Fields. In the following episodes, we will cover a broader area. This is in an effort to connect some of the cases covered in season one. We plan to bring to you some of the known serial killers in this broader area that may have murdered some of the women in the Texas Killing Fields. We will also cover some of the victims that we did not cover in Season 1. Season 3, Episode 14, In Conclusion.
1: So as we wrap up this season, we're saying goodbye to the area known as the Texas Killing Fields. We began to reflect back on some of the work we've been doing um, in our past seasons, bringing voices to the victims. It occurred to us how much work there is left to still do. There are still so many missing and unidentified women um, and men in this area. and. Uh, you know, I mean, there's there's still work being done on the Candyman case too. You know, they're still continuing to look and search for victims of coral too. Yeah. And, um, but there are some moments where you realize how much work is actually being done, you know, and, and how much things really are making a difference. Like the story that we brought you of Casey Ann Price who disappeared from her home in San Leon in march about a year ago uh casey has actually was actually found about three months after she went missing and i think a lot of that was due to the sheer amount of public attention that her family was able to get on her case i,
0: I totally agree with that because it was definitely out there relatively quickly mm-hmm. and and just to mention she was found safe
1: right mm-hmm. right she was found safe. And, um, but I mean, Texas EquiSearch was involved in that and we talked about them so many times and the absolutely fantastic work that they do. Um, And so, you know, that's, that's a moment where you're like, oh, thank goodness, you know, that people are, are able to use the tools that we have nowadays to make that happen for her to be found safe. Um, But I still look at cases like Shelly Sykes, who was abducted on May 24th of 1986. And then although her killers have been tried and convicted for her kidnapping, her family still hopes to find her remains and bring her home. And, you know, when I look at how much construction is being done out here, every time I drive by one of these new housing developments, I think maybe, oh, maybe it'll happen. Maybe somebody will find Shelly Sykes or, or any of number of these different cases that we brought you of these missing people. I think it'll happen. I mean, you know, Houston is such a developing
0: city that if she's in the ground somewhere out here, I I do believe that she, you know, her and many others will be found, you
1: know? You know, the, the interesting part of that is though, as that happens, A lot of times it brings even another mystery up because sometimes we don't even know, you know, in many of these cases that we brought you some of these people weren't even being looked at anymore, and then all of a sudden, you know, they uh, were found and so sometimes it brings another mystery mm-hmm. and you know one thing that's great too even just even in revisiting some of these
0: cases in this season is just the connections with the family members that we have made too and them just knowing that somebody still cares it, it just truly does mean the world to them
1: yeah I definitely think so um and then you know it's It's those cases that are unsolved, the ones that sit on a dusty shelf waiting for somebody to take a look at them where you feel like nothing is being done. But even our work can help with that, because like in the case of Kimberly Blissett, when we couldn't find any information on her case and contacted Texas City Police Department, finding out that they really didn't know anything about her case but they were willing to take a look at it and that case now could possibly have new life to it um because that detective seemed very encouraging about trying to work on it he did i mean he made it seem to us
0: in a way that he had there was something in there he could work with right right? there was something in there that they may not have been able to work with so many years ago but Maybe they can work with it now. And the other great thing is just talking with, you know, her daughter and just being able to tell her that. I think it surprised her, you know, and and it made her hopeful. And, you know, being able to pass that information along to her and telling her, make sure to call them, make sure to, you know, keep them interested in her case. You know, we can only do so much. The family members can do more.
1: Mm hmm. And I think we would encourage anybody, you know, just like we started out, you just, you can do so much. We see so many of these Facebook pages that have tons of information of people really doing great work and trying to find people,
0: Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I mean, there's just so many, I mean, like you said, there's so many web sleuths and different things out there that, you know, are willing to put in the work because they have a passion, right? And, and they're identifying people that are right. on name us and things like that, which is, it's
1: incredible work. It is an incredible work. And the genealogists who were volunteering mm-hmm. their time to do the genetic genealogy. It's fascinating.
0: If- but yeah. Cause not only are they doing the gene, like doing the testing and all that, they're also having to educate every single person out there because it's all new. It's, yeah. well, it's not that it's all brand new, but it's, not it wasn't commonplace until so recently you
1: know so no i mean i i find it incredible and the the work that they do of tracking down people i mean if i could go back to school nowadays and start over i might look at a career in that where i didn't think about that before but um it's absolutely incredible
0: well because if before it was just like police officer right yeah police officer maybe you'll be detected maybe females Mm. maybe not so much you know like i don't know it definitely is different. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And when we began the podcast, um, you know, at that point in time, uh, William Lewis Reese, he was in prison in Oklahoma for, uh, murdering Tiffany Johnson, but he hadn't, although he had confessed to the killing of Laura Smithers and he had led, uh, law enforcement to the bodies of Kelly Cox and, um, and Jessica Kane, he had not been tried in the state of Texas, but then last year he came back and was convicted of those murders in June of 2022. He pled guilty to three murders, and now at least, you know, Reese will, I mean, he'll be in prison for the rest of his life, mm-hmm. but, um, but for those families, you know, yeah. they have their loved ones back, and, and they know what happened and those cases were a huge part of the texas killing fields
0: Mm -hmm. and it was one of my um more favorable things to work on i think because there was so much movement in the cases Mm -hmm. and then you know getting the hope of, of finding them you know where he buried them and you know you just watch the media uncover and you're just like looking at this unfold in front of your eyes and it's like this whole movement with it you know i think is what made it so great and i mean and we talk about it all the time about how we're not even sure that these are his only victims these are the ones that are on record right but he was such an avid traveler i mean there's no way to really know for sure no you know and he's so charismatic too unless he was going to gain something out of it which i don't know what he would be able to gain at this point i don't think he's going to say anything
1: no i i completely agree with you i don't think that he's going to say anything and and you know me i'm a big fan of dna but we can't always rely on that right if you had discovered jessica kane's body in the field where she was just by happen chance you would not have been able to have dna to connect that back to william lewis reese right um and one more thing though just before we move on just to touch on that you know
0: to his victim who survived you know she's really really who to be thankful for you know I mean she fought to survive this and was able to help this case
1: oh in so many ways Mm -hmm. because if if she hadn't gone to law enforcement if she hadn't testified against him if she wasn't the courageous person that she was he would not have been sitting in the prison when his DNA was tested and matched to Tiffany Mm -hmm. and actually to be honest if that hadn't happened we wouldn't have his dna because at that point in time he didn't have a rusty dna so right. really everything that she did le- led us to where we are today
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know and unfortunately it could have been sooner but you know right Right. But I mean, what a courageous way. Yeah. The way that it unfolded, it was meant to be that way. And also, you know, sometimes I think it's the unsung heroes too, because there was that, that woman who stopped with her child in the car Mm -hmm. to pick her up, putting her own life in jeopardy to do that. And I would always hope that I would be that person, but it's so scary. I mean, it is crazy to think
0: as I mean, what would you you have a split second decision there? I mean, I know this is a little yeah. off topic, but I mean, you have a split second decision. You see this woman eject from a car on the highway. Right. When I mean, you're talking on the highway, you're not even talking like on a two-lane road into town, on a highway in Houston, and you stop in that split second. It's like you she was supposed to be there too. She right. Was, she yeah. was in that place where she was supposed to be God willing. And but yeah i mean i always think i'd be that person but you have that split second and if you don't have to hit it just right you're gonna have to go in a, a mile down turn around and come back and hope and hope that for she's the best. still there, yeah right and now um, she didn't get run over by another car the least you know so yes anyways off my soapbox no
1: i know <laughs> and another case that like you brought me was the case of princess blue out of manville texas and you know, I mean, from the very beginning, when you told me about that case, I found that case incredibly fascinating. I still, to this day, find this fascinating partly because, and I could be so wrong, but I'm a true believer that that case can be solved. Um, But when you first brought me that case, not before we recorded, but like right about the time that we were getting ready to record her episode, we found out that Princess Blue's DNA had actually identified her as Julie Gwen Davis.
0: Yeah, that was crazy. That was another crazy kind of like journey down this path too. Was having the conversation, and then within I would say a month of that mm-hmm. conversation and us just kind of putting this idea together to do the podcast, it, it was like our yeah. she, she had an identity, and even though we kept referring to her as Princess Blue for a long time, it took a while for that to get out of our heads because that's
1: what her identity was to us in the beginning, right? Well, yeah, because if you all remember when we first started out the planning of the podcast, we had those big timeline boards on the, um, on your office wall where we had those names of, and those dates where we were trying to figure out a timeline for what had happened along the Texas killing field. And she was on there as Princess blue she was and because we didn't know her as another name and then as we're doing the research and getting ready then all of a sudden we got the announcement that she had been identified um and to have that identification happen you know led to so many things because she's named princess blue due to her jewelry that she was wearing Mm -hmm. but it gave law enforcement the chance to really find out that that 1975 class ring did not belong to her and that her family knew nothing about it. And I still feel like if you find the original owner of that class ring, you can figure out who that owner gave it to. You know who killed Julie Gwen Davis.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it would definitely bring you one step closer. And I think that's the hope that we have to have. Yeah. You know, is if you, if, and anybody who's up to the project of taking that on, if you ever want to reach out, let us know. Um, but it's, it's the hope that's what we do this for.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and when we first started talking at work about doing the podcast, there were two victims on Calder Road that were not identified. And then in 2017, no, they were identified. And so, although that doesn't solve their case, at least lets the family know what happened to them mm-hmm. and the other thing that it does is it lets the community know who they were because i think that's the big thing when you're in that community of league city everybody talks about the calderfield victims everybody wants oh, a yeah. solution in that case i don't think there's
0: anybody in that entire area and let, let's just even say 15 mile radius right that does not know somebody that doesn't know somebody that's either worked on the case lived in that neighborhood you know was affected by that went to school with them there i mean the list yeah. goes on and on i mean we have people out of i mean every aspect of our lives like oh yeah i remember this van you know i mean just mm-hmm. be those little things you're just like that's crazy because everybody does know about it right you know it's it's a very sad thing that everybody knows about but it is just very it's still very forefronted for a lot of people
1: well and i have very high hopes for where we're going with uh genetic genealogy and identification of unidentified remains because when we were looking at the unidentified remains found in 1981 in houston that was tied to another case but not because they were tied together but because they were buried in the same plot and we had talked about that case and i was like oh we should cover you know this case of this couple found in houston and we really had thought about not covering it because it was a little far off from where we wanted to go but it was weird because you had brought that to me before Mm -hmm. it even hit social
0: media yeah we're talking only a matter of a week or two i mean it wasn't even a huge amount we didn't even have a huge amount of time to even do anything with that no it it was viral right
1: oh that was crazy when they identified uh tina lynn klaus and her husband harold dean dean klaus and and that was that was dramatic because we were like, oh, you know, they've identified this couple. So now, you know, maybe there'll be some answers in this. And it blew up into an even bigger story because the story wasn't necessarily who murdered them, but it was what happened to their toddler daughter, Holly, you know, and it was within then again, within weeks when they announced that I mean, they that had was found quick. her. That was quick.
0: I mean, again, the power of social media, right? And genealogy. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it, it's just, that, that was incredibly quick too, because it. It happens before you can even wrap your mind around it and do any research
1: on it and you're just like wait what happened yeah that that was incredible too what an incredible story so i and my hope is that maybe there'll be some answers there that is one that i do hesitate to think you know that we'll have answers i mean you know i do know that they're working on it though i mean that's that's a case that they definitely seem to be having a a big team working on that case so hopefully we'll have some answers on that one eventually and and i mean i would be surprised if we didn't yeah
0: i would too i mean there's ways of tracking things now even that old things come
1: out wow so in that we will always continue to try to look back at any of the cases that we've covered bring you updates um you know they're they're on our radar but for the last couple of months, we've been talking quite a bit about the fact that we really needed to do something different. Yeah, I'm very excited, and I guess we're gonna give you a little sneak peek into
0: our our new season coming up. But I'm excited to leave leave Texas. Yeah, know? I mean, not not that we don't love Texas, but you know, to just adventure out there a little bit more and. um yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that. Well, and that. I think
1: one of the things that we talked about is a lot of these cases are getting a lot of attention right now. Um, Texas is doing a lot of really good things, and so these cases are some of these cases are getting a lot of attention. We're seeing cases get solved in this area, which then I think gets that flowing, so people then get involved in another case right after that. Um, so we thought maybe looking at an area where there wasn't quite as much movement going on you know, and seeing if we could really make a difference there. Mm-hmm.
0: And I mean, we mean movement, not town gossip, right? Gretchen? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, do you want to
1: give a little insight on, on where we're going? So we are headed to Iola, Kansas. And um, we're going, uh, definitely going to be a very old case. Um, so we're looking at 1969 and in iola case kansas um and the way this kind of fell into our laps is
0: it's almost it's weird like i don't think we knew that's what was happening when it was happening right i mean maybe a little bit because your friend you know was very vague (laughs) and then we're just like um okay now i'm interested
1: yeah no so i think it um so to let everybody know um we had gone to visit a friend of mine at iola kansas to attend a wedding and morgan had nicely agreed to go with me so that i wouldn't have to do an 11 hour car ride by myself which i like to take the back roads (laughs) Uh, yeah we don't do that so um so it it took more like 14 hours to get there
0: but um and there was a trip to the yellow brick road that does exist in kansas
1: and so once we were done with the wedding and sitting around um hanging out actually eating Amazing wedding cake.
0: Oh, yes. yes.
1: Forgot it, was cake. Um, it was all family and friends kind of sitting around and just talking and relaxing for the first time the entire weekend. So that was nice. And they started to talk about this case in their town and how much that it affected each and every single one of them. I mean, from the oldest people at the table who were... Alive when it was all happening and were either friends or classmates of some of the individuals, you know, who were killed, we're trying not to give you a huge amount of information, but. um, To the youngest people who were at the table, who talked about always knowing that there were these murders and always knowing that they were unsolved and kind of that curiosity that happens. And so it was this joke, you know, gosh, you guys should come to Kansas and do a podcast. And, you know, at first you're right. We didn't kind of know what was happening,
0: but well, but then on the way home, I think it was a nonstop chatter of like, okay, we're doing research (laughs) in the car on the way home you know and uh that that was pretty cool wish we had recorded some of those conversations because
1: that was that's where the baby started so so and i think for us too is the sense of community that this community has given us um from the very start yeah it does it
0: almost makes me feel like i'm from there and it's weird because i'm nowhere near from there at
1: all. As we've started to ask questions and try to delve into these cases, everybody has been incredibly helpful um, in trying to find answers and trying to see, you know, if we can move this forward. So that's where we're headed. We're headed to Iola, Kansas, 1969. This is a small farming community, a lot different than what we're used to here. And um, we're hoping that you will join us for season four. And why don't you tell them the name? Iola of Roading Justice.
0: Thanks for joining us today. We always love to hear from our listeners. So please contact us with any questions that you might have. Um, You can reach us on our Facebook page, Bodies in the Bayou's. You can always email us at bodiesinbayou's at hotmail.com. And don't forget to listen to us wherever you stream your podcast.